Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. Uh, we have a kind of a special episode here. Uh, we're here with myself and Brent and Pastor Roman as well. And um, guys, thanks for being here. Oh, Glad to be here. Stephen, thank you for having us. <laughs> Uh, guys, uh, it's been a sweet season of worshiping together back again. And, um, it's, uh, it's been so good for my soul. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a joy to be able to hear people sing and gather together with our church family. And how's that been a blessing to you guys over this past few weeks? Man, it's just wonderful to see faces that I've missed, um, and to, see people walking into the church and it's weird not to hug them and to shake hands, but, um, just to, just to have conversations face to face has been so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know, and, and we've been having on, on these Sundays, we've been trying to have some prayer stations, Roman. I know you've been manning one of those, Kim Weir and, uh, being able to catch people for, for this time of, uh, a personal prayer uh, on their way into service or out of, uh, I, you know, I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, this sounds weird, but I, I've, I've enjoyed having, uh, uh, little ones be able to make noise and, uh, mm. and that just natural engagement that speaks to this time. Uh, and I, I, I even our boys, you know, uh, Sarah's actually been asked a number of times, you know, how's, what are, what are the kids able to, or can you even listen during this time? Cause they, you know, they see our boys and, uh, they're full, they're all boy. Right. Um, but, one thing that's funny is they'll, they'll hear something, you know, like Jesus is the light the other day. They heard that. And then they just, Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. You know, they just, they just would not stop parroting that and what they observe, you know, with their blocks at home, mm. uh, they've made, uh, they've made numerous grace Bible churches. Um, actually I'm going to be <laughs> hanging up a picture, uh, of artwork that Uriah drew and uh I'm, and it's got uh, it's grace bible church he drew it and he said this is where we sit up here and he's got all this little you can see kind of pew streaks uh yeah, that he awesome. put in there and just love it but that you know he wouldn't have drawn that if if he wasn't uh able to to come on sunday mornings and see that so there's that that part has been that the messiness has been kind of neat to think of what the lord's how the lord is working there on this on a little bit of stuff that we wouldn't we can't really control uh, at this point, that's that's probably what I've been most built up by to trust the Lord's working even in the even in the components of uh, that we can't really plan out. You know, it's funny. It's speaking of uh, kids picking up on things in this unique time. Roman has become, I think, Bobby Austin's most avid fan. Um, Roman wants to watch the same clip of Lion King over and over and over. Uh, but this past Sunday, whenever Bobby was doing announcements, he freaked out. He went, Bobby. And then whenever it stopped, he wanted to watch it 10 times in a row. Bobby, more Bobby. <laughs> you are not going to believe this. But ever since we started these video deals, uh, when this first happened, our sons have not uh, stopped praying for Bobby. Every He is like a superhero superstar. Every time, I'm, we'll be praying for dinner. Pray for breakfast this morning. Uh, and then we'll be wrapping it up, and Matthias will say, "And Bobby, pray for Bobby." They just—he gets. I mean, Bobby is getting prayed for by. I'm just convinced all of our children in our church just in mass. Uh, they sense he time. needs it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly it. Something's wrong with that dude. That's it. That's, That's it. hilarious. You know, praise the Lord for these little, little, little. Uh, 
little sweet little ones lifting them up. Yeah, totally. Uh, my kids were, you know, they <laughs> Solomon was definitely uh, kind of tumbling around in the pew uh, this time, just grabbing everything he could. Um, and yeah, it is a challenge, but you know, I look over my other three are taking notes and they're mm-hmm. singing and um, and it's there's definitely challenges, but the the blessings of them getting to see it is good to pray for others and it is good to sing together and. Uh, we can learn about the Bible together. Um, it's been it's been good. Um, it's, it's certainly challenging, but worth the. I'll say it's worth the wrestling match because uh, that's definitely what it feels like sometimes. But mm. um, Brent, any any things you want to draw out from this past Sunday together? Um, I, I, well, I know I just asked you, but I, I'll go ahead and say the time with the elders was so sweet. You know, to be able to. Send them off. Pray for them. Um, so thankful for for those guys and their faithfulness. But anything you want to you want to draw out there? Yeah, that was a you know that was a special moment. And and same last you know or or I guess two years ago when when I remember that when uh, Keith and and Scott uh, rotated off. Uh, it's uh, it's just a way to kind of show show honor to to those that have honored and cared for and uh, been on call for and uh, assisted and loved and, and you know somebody's praying for you even if it's the little ones that are praying for bobby uh you know or big ones that are coming and praying for somebody in in, in need and there's just a there's a love that's there that you can't you can't really you can't give it back you just kind of rest in it and abide in it and i and i think that was that was seeing the response of well, certainly uh, those that were able to gather on sunday and, and i'm sure at, at home by the many that were uh, unable to physically gather with us yet uh, so that that to me has just been a, a sweetness to to reflect back on these last few hours. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it was such a blessing, um, Roman. You know this this uh, season has been pretty interesting, and um, you know with students not able to really gather on campus anymore uh, for the rest of this past semester, and of course we're we're past graduation now, but um, in the end of the semester, but what has it been like for, for you guys kind of wrapping up um, this semester and kind of a, a really unconventional way for the college ministry? Um, what has that been like? And maybe what, what are some of the things you've seen kind of the Lord do in, in this time? Yeah. You know, I think in a, in a really general sense, on the one hand, it's easy to look at this time and think how odd and chaotic feeling it is. But then on the other hand, it, it just, the chaos really only serves to emphasize what our hearts are always doing. They're either drawing near to the Lord or fleeing from Him. Mm. Um, and I, ju- I think I've just seen that emphasized in this season. Mm. Um, I think obviously whenever you switch over to, you know, predominantly virtual, um, you're going to have people who drop off for sure. But I think that was a fear that I had earlier on that was really unjustified that that would be the case across the board. And by God's grace, it it hasn't been. Uh, We've continued to gather with the students who've been involved uh, along through the semester, through the year. And in particular, some of the relationships that I've had, that my student leaders have had, where we've been sharing the gospel 
um, have actually deepened. Um, I think that's a good example where the chaos, God has used it in particular people's lives to cause them to be still Mm. and have open ears to hear. And we've seen several people come to faith by God's grace. Um, I've seen students repent from taking their faith in a lackadaisical way and have really stepped in and sought to grow. And, you know, for those examples, we could list others that where things have been really difficult, obviously. And I think all of us are aware of people where this has been a uniquely challenging season. But uh, in the midst of it, it's been such a refreshment and encouragement to see God at work in positive ways in people's lives. Roman, what would you say to, you know, students? <clears throat> We're so excited to hear the news that uh, students will be back in some capacity, at least many will, at SFA this fall. What would you say to those uh, those returning students uh, and maybe those freshmen that are that are uh, going to come and ex- enjoy this kind of first-time experience as college students in this season? What, what, what advice, uh, what would you tell them? You know, this might sound trite because I feel like this generation probably hears this a lot. Um, but they're living through historic times. Um, 2020 is the beginning of a new decade. And I think I've, I can't count how many times I've heard people say, let's just let this year be over. Uh, mm-hmm. but there have been events that have happened just within these six months that, uh, will be referred to in history books mm-hmm. going forward. Um, and, this is the time, whether you're 18 or however old, <laughs> this is the time to take the kingship of Jesus seriously, to walk with him humbly, and to learn what it looks like to love our neighbor and to preach the gospel with, with confidence. Um, and that's really what we're always striving to grow and equipping our, our students to do. But I would say to those who are returning, uh, man, this is a wonderful time to learn how to walk personally with the Lord and help others to do the same. And to those who are new, come and meet these people, and let's get after it together. That's so good. How would you? I know at SLT you've experienced some obvious curveballs. This all hit and right happened right in the middle of this the spring semester. Um, can you tell us a little bit about servant leadership training, the vision for that? Perhaps church members that have been on the fence of coming and and getting involved uh, yeah. with that. Sure. I'm going to have to limit myself because I tend to get soapboxy whenever I talk about this. Um, <laughs> so servant leader training is, um, it's simply put, it's aimed at being a wellspring for the rest of the church. Um, there's always a risk that whenever a new ministry within a church is developed, that it can become an end in and of itself mm-hmm. uh, that seeks to draw people to it and away from others, maybe not intentionally, but functionally that can happen sometimes. And I I didn't want SLT to be that. Um, The goal would be refreshing, encouraging, and equipping men and women to go to the other ministries to give themselves. Um, So, you know, and that's just the way that other ministries work. Whenever I have a leader involved in college ministry, they are committed and it takes time and energy and that will mean they're less available elsewhere. But SLT is aimed at building up people like that um, or like 
people on the worship ministry or people who are leading small groups, building them up in their faith so that they might uh, be strengthened to, to pour out. And so what we do is really in a two-semester format, we cover the whole story of Scripture. Um, technical way of talking about that is do biblical theology. We want to get a, our hands around the grand story of what God is doing to reconcile humans and the rest of his creation to himself. And in the second semester, we go through basic Christian doctrine. Technical term for that is systematic theology, where we walk through uh, the Christian faith from a logical perspective, and we're looking at really seven core domains of Christian faith that throughout history have been central for believers. Very good. So what would you tell somebody that was on the fence with, with uh, being a part of SLT on a, on a Sunday morning in the fall? Talk to me. Um, you know, there, there's no one size fits all. Um, some people are on the fence because, uh, they're scared of, uh, being in a classroom setting. Maybe it's been a decade or more since they've sat in a classroom setting and that just seems really intimidating. And, um, I can't tell you how many times I've had people in that boat come up and tell me within the first couple of weeks, I'm so glad I'm here. Uh, and then at the end of it say, God used this to just revolutionize um, my understanding of the scriptures. And that's his grace. It's it's not a credit to me. That's the Lord working through his word. Um, but there's other people who are on the fence because of just practical considerations, time, life stage, um, responsibilities they're committed to currently. And uh, maybe this isn't the season, practically speaking, but hopefully at some point it would be. So talk to me. Let's work through it together. That's good. You know, so much is really sharpening the axe. It's uh, it's being uh, it's being attentive. We talk a lot about you know family and community, and I know the way that you actually set the the uh, the time up is one of your goals is for people to form connections together, right? And whether they're going to go be a part of a small group uh, together later on, or they're already in a small group, but to be connected to each other. Can you tell us about the relationships that are formed through? SLT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my professors would say often whenever I was uh, at seminary that theology is done in community. It should be. Um, and my historical theology professors would say um, heresy is individual choice, <laughs> uh, the tyranny of individual choice. And so whenever we're disconnected from relationship and trying to do theology on our own. It's a recipe for disaster. We want to be learning and growing in our faith together. And so try to set that up as as core to the way that servant leader training works through the semester, even through the year, if your group stays together, um, we have people walk through the whole course of the material as a team. So they are discussing what they're reading. Uh, they are working through examining scripture together in class. They're discussing questions and praying together. Um, so there's just that, that unique thing. And, and this past semester, I'm trying to think past couple semesters was, I think the first time that we began to have adopted Jack adults with their adopted Jacks in oh, the same man. group in SLT. And, uh, cool. that was a cool mixture to see. Hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. wonderful. You know, we, we left off, uh, last week as we finished off John chapter 10, with this kind of great irony of uh, these men wanting to come 
And to uh, uh, that was actually a phone call because somebody could not wait to hear this podcast. So they actually wanted They're to call so and be live on it. But the answer is no. You got to wait till it comes out. Okay, you got to wait till <laughs> Roman gives us this teaser on what's happening in John chapter eleven. So good try, good try. But uh, so John chapter ten. Brent, you are so good at saves. That's got to come from ministry experience. <laughs> hey man, how do you how do you think I got my wife? That's all. That's all. Just had to get by long enough to get her to see how I do. Um, but, uh, you know, the chapter 10 ending with uh, this big twist, this ironic twist of these these men hoping to catch Jesus and and put him to death. And it ends with a, a number of people coming to believe in him as the son of God. Uh, uh, what can you tell us about about the story of Lazarus and, and the verses that we'll be covering this week that you'll be taking us through in John 11? Yeah, my, my mind is full to overflowing right now. And so. Um, you know, I think to start with, uh, it's good to see John 11 as the hinge point in the Gospel of John. We go from uh, predominantly focusing on Jesus and his public ministry up until this point. And then with this last climactic major sign, we then transition to Passion Week. Uh, chapter 12 is still a little bit of a transition point, but John 11 is really the big turning where um the leadership gathers together formally to say, let's formulate a plan to take this guy down. And the hilarious irony, heartbreaking irony, um, I don't know how it could be both, but it's an irony all the same, um, is that they want to kill him because he raised a guy from the dead. Um, and the further irony is that by putting him to death, he actually disperses eternal life to God's people. And so um, John is just, it's rich with irony all throughout, but it's really particularly dense in chapter 11. Um, you know, some things that stand out in this text that that we'll hit on in some form or fashion this Sunday is the significance it has for us in the midst of suffering. And so I think in God's providence, this is just a really timely time to be walking through John 11, mm. um, where all of us are aware of suffering in some form or fashion, uh, whether that be at the personal level, the communal level, or the yeah, national level, international mm. level. Um, and it's got some interesting things to teach us about God's sovereignty his empathy for us, and his power to address the brokenness in our world. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Stephen, uh, as you come to this text, and as you prepare uh, uh, the songs for Sunday, what's been going through your mind? Well, <clears throat> the the story of Lazarus is so incredibly powerful, um, particularly when you think about our own calling you know we've all as believers um in some way have experienced the same thing that Lazarus has where we are dead in sin um but by the calling of God um we have been united with Christ in his resurrection and are alive in him and so i mean honestly it's the same truth we sing every single sunday uh, that we gather uh, or or that we uh, log on one or the other. And, um, and so I, 
one, that's that's encouraging that we are actually singing that truth every single week. But uh, in particular, um, I do want to drive home uh, through our singing together that um, we were powerless to um, to bring ourselves alive, and yet he saw fit to do that for us. Um, but we also could resonate with those that want to kill Jesus as well. Um, and that in our flesh and in our sinful rebellion, we would be right there with them. If not a part of, uh, if, if not for the grace of God, uh, interceding for us. And so, um, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of areas we can resonate with Lazarus and with those who would put him to death. Um, and so we do want to be honest about our sin and need for him. Um, and then honest about our total dependence our inability to save ourselves. So uh, we'll be singing along those lines. I haven't landed on exactly what that is because I have too many ideas and I've got to land on something. <laughs> but um, but it will be uh, good to sing um, as we hear this text as well. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait to hear it along with my boys and, uh, and Sarah as well. So uh, we're looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, Roman, thanks for... Uh, what, uh, you know, all the work you'll be putting in, the labor you'll be putting in uh, this week, and we're praying for you. And um, thanks for jumping on our crazy podcast with us and uh, <laughs> and for, for laughing with us and sharing with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been fun. See you all Sunday. See you then. Later.